Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. Today we're going to be talking about faith and homeschooling. Uh, this is episode 262 and I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, LD Entertainment and the movie Miracle Season. You want to uh, keep your eye out for that one. It's coming to theater soon. As I'm recording, it hasn't released yet, but they are our network sponsor and want to give that um, movie a big shout out. I got to see a pre-screening of it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Lots of things that you can um, share with your children, have them watch it and have a discussion going. I did a movie review um, that is on episode 260 on Vintage Homeschool Moms, so you're going to want to check that out. And you can find all the show notes for all of the podcasts on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. And today I'm going to uh, be talking about faith and homeschooling because I'm going to tell you that I did not start homeschooling because I um, was focused on the faith aspect of homeschooling. I homeschooled because I had a struggling learner who was struggling. And so that is uh, why I started homeschooling. But the Lord always has amazing plans in our lives, whether we realize it or not. And so I really started um, focusing more on faith uh, with the kids. I mean, it was always part of our curriculum. But for me... um, Faith was not the main reason I homeschooled, but it ended up being the ultimate reason that and relationship building, which I think is so um, 
you know, part of a um, outpouring, if you will, of home the homeschool movement. Um, and one thing that I think really doesn't get enough attention. Um, amazingly, when we think about homeschooling, we focus on the academics. We focus on, you know, what are we teaching this year? Are my kids going to be behind if I homeschool? What about socialization? Um, and so on and so forth. Whereas the main uh, focus in my homeschooling, and I would say to my kids, if you learn nothing else and you learn to get along with each other, um, you learn uh, to put God first in your life, to make Him the center of your life, then I've done my job. And um, I have to say uh, that all five of my children, um, you know, have God in the center of their hearts, uh, you know, during different seasons in their life. Uh, there's maybe been a little bit more of a precariousness there. Uh, my youngest is ready to go to college next year, and um, and so, you know, he hasn't launched yet, so to speak. But um, with the other four, I really have to praise God and thank Him for being here with me, even though that wasn't my fo- focus when I began homeschooling. And I did another podcast on, you know, what kind of homeschooler are you? Are you a lifestyle homeschooler? Is homeschooling what you do or who you are? And um, I also will put a link in for that one. I guess I better make notes of all these links I'm putting in here. I'll forget. Um, but one of the important um, aspects of that audio was that it helped me realize that homeschooling was more than what we did. It was really a lifestyle. And I think that was ultimately, if I have to point to um, a methodology, you know, like people say, well, did you do, you know, Charlotte Mason or unit study or classical? I would say that the methodology had nothing to do with the academics, but more so to do with how we lived our lives and we lived our lives learning every day, incorporating that into our family and into our home and realizing, um, just like I'm, I'm going to share today, that your faith should be an integral part of your homeschool. It shouldn't just be compartmentalized in a curriculum, in a Bible study you're doing. And that's why um, I wanted to share this with you today, especially as we are coming up to the Easter season now um, as I'm recording this. And, you know, it is such a rich time for homeschool families to focus on, you know, not so much the Easter bunnies or coloring of the Easter eggs, but to focus on the love um, that really just blows our minds when we think about it, of God's love and what He did for us. And um, a podcast again. I created. Um, I'm at. I'm at like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts at this point as I share this with you. So of course I have a podcast for it, right? Um, but at, at a few minutes with God podcast, and you can find that at a few minutes with God podcast dot com. Um, there you will find a podcast on God's love um, that actually went out the same day as as this podcast. It goes out on Mondays. Uh, so you may want to head over and subscribe to that, but it really, um, again, shows us through studying of the scriptures um, that love is such a pivotal part of our homeschool journey and what we do. And showing our children uh, God's love 
also is a wonderful aspect of, you know, our homeschool lifestyle. You know, sometimes learning comes easily to your kids. Sometimes it doesn't. I had the mix of struggling learners and those um, who are gifted, and even some of my strugglers are gifted. And in our daily experiences, some days we could just barely hold our heads above water. You know, we were drowning in, you know, maybe a bad curriculum choice I had made that year or encouraging my kids to take on too many projects or too many lessons or too many extracurricular activities. And so I'm not here to say, oh, if you do this, 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 and this, you're going to have, you know, the perfect, um, you know, faith in homeschooling uh, that you could possibly have. And I'm also not here to give you more work. Hopefully, as you listen to these podcasts, it spurs ideas of what you're doing, what you're already doing, and maybe tweaking a few things to add more elements. Um, When my daughter went to college, and this is my second oldest, uh, who is now married and has seven little babies of her own that she homeschools, but when Christina was in school, I remember, um, you know, talking to her and helping her with her major and because she was asking me, you know, she didn't really know what she wanted to major in. And usually I tell my kids, I want you to have some kind of an idea because I don't want you to start college and be some like some of the kids I knew who were in college for seven years and still hadn't, you know, really decided what they were going to do when they grew up. So she really liked writing and that was the most writing intense Um, that she could find, and that was communication. So that was her major. And so I had been at a homeschool conference. I was speaking here in Orlando at the FPEA conference, and they also have a podcast on our network. Big shout out to uh, Florida Homeschoolers. And I had um, walked by this vendor who had this wonderful communication set, and I bought it for her. And I thought, oh, this is so great. Wait till she sees it. And I remember her looking at it and saying, mom, you're all done. You're done homeschooling me. And I thought, what? I can't be done homeschooling you, even if you're in college and, you know, I I still want to have a part in it. So that was an eye opener. Yes, we did use that course. I actually used it with my other children that were still homeschooling. They were a little bit young, had to grow into that uh, curriculum, but it turned out to be fabulous. And I found that I wanted to continuously school them and micromanage. And, you know, it it really was overwhelming. So today I want to talk about how you can weave faith into your lives, into your um, homeschool day without, you know, the heavy lifting, which means, oh, let's just go get another Bible study. But one of the things that I loved was that we did things together as a family. If we were, for example, reading the book of Proverbs and all read it together, and I created a Bible study that you can find over at MediaAngels.com, and it's on the book of Proverbs, but we all studied it together and we did it at different levels. Whereas the little kids might be drawing a picture, the older kids were journaling about an aspect of it. So... While we incorporated Bible into our daily homeschool routine, it was more than just saying to everybody, okay, get your Bibles out and read, or 
let's do um, you know this fourth grade Bible curriculum and this third grade Bible curriculum and this second grade Bible curriculum because everyone is going to be all over the page unless you have one or two children um, it's manageable then. And, you know, even though I, I was a teacher and I had a classroom of 30, we were all on the same page. We all did the same thing. And yet you homeschool moms who have multi-age children, do you realize it's like you have seven different classrooms going at one time? And guess what? You can't do it, right? It gets to be overwhelming. There's too many papers to grade or they're all in textbooks and workbooks. And as one of my daughters said, if you're going to make us do that, mom, you might as well put us back in regular school. We want our homeschool to be some of that. Yes, you know, we def- there's definitely a place for textbooks in a homeschool, but we also want it to be something that is, you know, more unit study um, incorporated where we're doing the same topic as a family and we are going to be able to do that uh, together. So if you're reading through the Bible or you have a Bible curriculum, try to use that one curriculum for all of your kids and incorporate it in different levels. So whereas maybe the fifth grader can actually do some of the lessons, maybe fifth and sixth graders can do that. You know, the rest of the kids are reading those Bible verses together or studying that aspect of the Bible, whether it's from a historical perspective um, or actually doing memory verses or maybe copy work. So um, that would be one of the first things I would do. I've got... um, Let's see, five tips all together. So I am going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you more about um, incorporating faith in your homeschool. We'll be right back. From LD Entertainment comes the miracle season. Without their star player, West Volleyball suffered another defeat. After the tragic death of volleyball star Caroline Found, West High School's remaining team players must work together in hope of winning the state championship. I told you to win for a line. If we want to show how much we miss her, we should just play with joy. Based on the inspiring true story. Time to take him down. The miracle season. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. More information is available at miracleseason.movie. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. You can find the show notes for today's episode at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for episode 262 on faith and homeschooling. So homeschooling as a lifestyle um, can be helpful when you are doing things together as a family. And so um, the second point I'd like to make is making prayer a large part of your day. And it's basically faith in practice. So um, I was a teacher. So one of the things we did with my elementary kids, and then I taught middle school, but with elementary, we definitely did the Pledge of Allegiance and somebody held the flag. And then we did the calendar. And then we looked at what the weather was like and, you know, did the seasons with the kids, which in Florida is very sparse, by the way. And, um, you know, like how we should be dressed that day if it's raining or whatever. So, of course, I'm talking about little kids here. But also, um, we would kneel down every day and start our day in prayer. So after we did all of that, those types of activities, we knelt down all the way through high school. We were still on our knees in the morning to pray, either to lift somebody up in prayer for a special intention, uh, for something the kids wanted to pray for that day. Um, we, I found an old a journal, which is another thing you can do. 
give the kids time to journal and have a prayer journal. And I remember um, want, uh, reading one of my sons that I recently found, and it said things like, you know, I pray, he prayed that his brother's game would go well, you know, just stuff like that. So that the kids are, you know, practicing their faith and living their faith. And what a beautiful, you know, testimony that is. I mean, years later, when I found uh, one of my son's journals as I was going through some spiral notebooks that we had, nothing fancy. Um, but just a spiral notebook that got put in the closet with um, all the blank notebooks that were extra, and I found that, and you know, it had a big sticker on the front that said prayer journal, so I don't really know how it got there, but it was really fun to look at that and go back. So um, definitely a prayer journal is important if you can find a devotional for your kids. We used to read a devotional together um, as part of our homeschooling, and then that had discussion questions. So uh, another wonderful aspect of um, incorporating that in your homeschool. The third is using a curriculum that is Christian faith-focused. So um, I wrote a curriculum series, and um, you know they're creation science based. So of course, it was going to have a lot of Bible references and things like that while we were studying um, all aspects. There were unit studies uh, that were based on creation. We also um, had a series of books, the Truth Seekers Mystery Series, and in that series of books that I co-authored with my daughter Christina that I mentioned earlier the one that was a communication major, that one. Um, And that book, um, those books actually had literature guides that went through it. And yes, you can imagine that as we were writing the books, we were reading them with the kids. They were working through, um, you know, the, the study guide questions, and they were my first set of guinea pigs. So, even in the novels the children read, um, the Frank Peretti series are wonderful. Uh, there are many, many Christian uh, series out there. In fact, um, oh, I've done a couple of podcasts with Meredith Curtis on great books to read, and I don't know that we've a- actually done one on just uh, you know Christian book topics, um, but that would be a really fun podcast to do. And you know it. It just is amazing. Um, When you have older kids, one of the main books I would say um, that they should read are the C.S. Lewis books. Uh, Again, wonderful, wonderful uh, books. Uh, Screw Tape Letters uh, should be one of the main um, books that anybody reads as a high schooler. Um, Really is an eye-opener, will uh, make you think about gossiping like that should never happen, which it shouldn't anyway. But if you read the screw tape letters, you will realize um, how you know C.S. Lewis does it in a fictional account, um, you know, how um, we can get off track in what we should be doing. So again, um, wonderful books that are out there. I'm going to add some more to the show notes on um, episode 262 on the on the site. Another is celebrate feast days. Um, make it part of your homeschooling curriculum. So what are feast days? Well, they are days that are either... Um, 
saints that have lived in the past, exemplary men and women, and yes, we are all called to be saints, as the scriptures say, so we're not elevating any of these people above the Lord. Um, You know, we know that salvation is only through Jesus Christ, but we also look at his servants, um, people that lived before um, and after exemplifying uh, the Christian faith. And so all of my children have been named after... um, someone in the Bible, okay? So there are, if you get a uh, a calendar that has feast days on it, it will actually tell you, or you can Google that. Um, but like St. Joseph's Day just passed. Well, who is Joseph? He was the foster father of Jesus. And so in the Italian tradition, we would make sphingids, and they were called sphingid de San Giuseppe. And all these are, are these delicious puff uh, donut balls that are made with the ricotta, and it's not ricotta for all of you non-Italians out there. But we would make these little donut puff balls uh, since they were little, and to celebrate in St. Joseph's Day. And Nicholas Joseph is his middle name, so of course that is his feast day. And it was such a huge tradition, and um, of course we did it this year. And I've got you know a 22 year old at home, a 17 year old, and you know my husband and my older son that are around. And of course we made them, you know, even though they're older, because guess what? It was Saint Joseph's Day. So, you know, and then when they're little, you're talking about who was Joseph, what did he do, how did he, you know, protect Mary during the time, you know, of of, um, you know, after the birth of Jesus, when they had to escape into Egypt and, you know, all of that. And how did he, you know, earn money to take care of the Holy Family? You know, so you talk about all of these things and it does make an impact, I'm telling you, because my adult kids are still wanting these, you know, these sphingia. And you can um, look up that recipe. All right, I'm making myself another note here. Uh, I will give you that recipe, uh, my own personal recipe for the sphingia on um, the podcast. Uh, and we, um, I cook them in, in unflavored coconut oil to try to make them healthier, okay? And you can use organic flour and, and stuff like that. But uh, you need to let them sit a little bit. Um, we live in Florida, so we have to be careful that we don't let food sit out too long. But it's been really cool here. And so you have to let them sit out so that they do rise a little bit before you cook them. But they are um, absolutely delicious. And then you roll them in powdered sugar or in uh, cinnamon sugar. Uh, super yummy. But just, you know, things like that. Whereas you can talk about the different people who lived their lives for Christ. You can read stories about them and you can use that as part of your homeschool journey. And when I see my older kids um, still wanting to celebrate feast days, then I know um, that it was just a wonderful tradition that they absolutely loved. And the way we celebrated, besides studying about you know, the person was with food, which um, if any of you have boys or girls out there, you know, with kids, food is such an important part. And um, just on a side note, my father, and probably why I celebrated the St. Joseph's Day, that was one of his favorite feast days of all times. And um, even though his name was Nick, um, and my dad died on St. Joseph's uh, feast day. Um, he died on March 19th, and we just passed the first anniversary. And I just want to, you know, you know, mention him because it's amazing how 
even in the little things, you know, that God has an impact in our lives. You know, is it a coincidence that he died on that day? Um, Perhaps, but I like to call it a God incident and how God has our backs. You know, we do the best we can with our homeschool journey. We do what we feel like um, we need to do based upon our faith, our denomination, Uh, I think some of us are so busy putting down other denominations instead of focusing on our own. And, you know, do what you want to do, you know, with your family and focus on that. Um, But for me, that was just another affirmation of God making an impact um, in my family, in our lives. Was it hard the day my dad died? Of course it was. But knowing that it was on the feast day of St. Joseph that he loved so much, it really, to me, was a little, I don't know, hug, if you will, a spiritual hug from God to me that it was okay that he had my dad and that he loved my dad as much and more than I did. So the fifth thing on here, moving on, and this again is from my parents, is visiting places that are notable and have some sort of a religious um, impact. So because I'm Italian um, and I visited Rome and Sicily, which is where my parents, my mother was born in Palermo, my father Messina, but we went uh, to Rome, we went to Venice. Venice, I don't remember as much um, as I do Rome, but with Rome, I went to the Vatican, I went through the Sistine Chapel, and you know, I was a kid at the time, you know, a high schooler, and didn't perhaps have the, it didn't impact me as much as it has thinking back. And we went a couple of times, Uh, my parents went many more times, but one of the things that they did was they brought home these beautiful books. And uh, my mother loved books as much as I did, which is what gave me the love of books. And these beautiful books that, you know, depicted all of these different scenes, um, in the churches were just unbelievably beautiful. Now, my kids never were able to travel to Italy, um, but we were able to, you know, visit these places online. And of course, there is some nudity um, in some of the art, so be careful of that. Um, but we did absolutely um, love it as kids. And so, as we got older, that was something that we tried to do. St. Augustine in Florida is a beautiful place to go. Um, there are some cemeteries there that um, were from some of the early settlers. There's a fort there, and there are some beautiful, beautiful churches. Uh, so, you know, if you know of a church or of a, of a beautiful shrine or somewhere like that where you can look at the art, and I want to just share with you a couple of things. Um, one is, uh, and I will tie it back to the churches, so bear with me. Um, one is the teaching um, when I was talking about, you know, using Christian and faith-focused cur- uh, curriculum, I did write books that were based upon creation versus evolution. Not that I never taught my children about evolution, I did, but that creation um, was presented side by side. And I didn't, um, you know, just say, oh, evolution is stupid and da-da-da-da-da. I went through and said, you know, here, here's what evolution teaches. Here's what creationists teach. Let's look at both of them. 
And having worked with a creation scientist, having met many creation scientists, uh, people who have spent their lives studying um, creationism, um, I can say in several PhDs that I know uh, that you know that there is some scientific basis to this. So um, when I taught my children, we taught with a creationist focus. I really think, friends, that is one of the reasons that I didn't have to worry about the relativism in college, and I didn't have to worry about my daughter who took anthropology classes. In fact, her minor is in anthropology, and and that professor talking about um, you know evolutionary tenets and talking about carbon fourteen dating because. Another little girl raised her hand and said, oh, but I wish, you know, I went to an evangelical Christian school and I wish my mother was here to debate you, whereas my daughter um, rose her hand and started talking about the half-life of the carbon-14 molecule and talking to him on a scientific basis, not knowing uh, this poor professor that she had already written two novels with her mom um, on the creation versus evolution in the Truth Seekers mystery series. Uh novel number one, The Missing Link Found, a little play on words there, um, all, it was all about, you know, C-14 and carbon-12 and so forth and so on. And so she could articulate it and discuss it with her professor. And that professor called her into his office and she called me on her cell phone and said, please start praying. I'm already in trouble. We're in week one. And I said, oh my gosh, what happened? And she said, um, I debated carbon-14 dating with my anthropology professor. And I said, um, I'm sorry, that was archaeology. And I said, okay. I said, I'm praying. Call me when you're done. So she, you know, school's super close. And she came home and um, afterwards, and she goes, well, that went well. And the professor said, you know, you were right on the mark. And she he even brought up another type of age dating, and she ha- she could talk to that as well. And he said, I just don't want to take up classroom time talking about all that. You are absolutely right. Um, but uh, if you want to discuss it, just come into my office. So while he shut her down in class, he did give her her studies credibility, and she also was able to discuss it with other classmates who wanted to know more. In fact, we had a group of classmates uh, from FGCU to my house, and Jill Whitlock, my co-author on the series, was able to lecture them several times on this. And also, as an end note, this professor uh, came to her wedding. So not that you know your kids can't go and articulate things correctly in college and not be shut down you know of course this was an amazing professor who allowed her to articulate it um, but also asked her not to do it in class for which she respected him for that but that didn't mean she couldn't talk about it outside of class so where does that tie into churches and shrines i'm coming to that years um, before i had met a gentleman who um, had been brought up with evolutionary beliefs. His father um, was an evolutionist, uh, a, a, a really an agnostic, an atheistic agnostic. You know, uh, both of them go hand... Well, there's differences between them, but let's just call him an atheist for, for this without going into a whole long story. Um, his grandfather had been a Baptist pastor, so somewhere along the line there had been a disconnect in faith. And after his father died, he was very suicidal. So his stepmother said, if you get through high school, 
I will give you and your stepbrother money and you can go tour Europe. Well, what young man doesn't want to go tour Europe on your, you know, your stepmother's dime? And so he did get through college or high school, even though he said he still was suicidal and, um, you know, just really felt like he wasn't going to see his dad any longer and, and just really despondent. So he got through high school and went to Europe. And he said in Europe, he did things he would never share with anyone. But he also shared that one of the things that changed his outlook on life were the churches, because everywhere he went, there were so many churches. And he kept getting called in um, to these beautiful churches and shrines that had you know, depicted of huge, you know, religious scenery and different statues and and so forth and so on. And he said something about the church was so calming to him, and we know that is the Holy Spirit, right? Well, the end of the story is that he later embraced Christianity and he has an entire foundation based upon uh, creationism now and has you know, is a prolific author and goes around the world talking about the topic. And amazing that the churches are what called him to God. Just being able to sit in the quiet of the of the church and to to just you know be surrounded by um, you know years and years of faith that had gone before him. So don't discount these places. Don't discount you know using a a Christian faith-focused curriculum, celebrating the feast days, making prayer part of your homeschool, and also incorporating the Bible in your daily homeschool routine. Well, I hope this um, hasn't been, you know, gotten a little bit heavy here in different topics, but hopefully you have some takeaways um, from this podcast that you can use with your family. And I just pray that you enjoy and embrace your homeschooling um, and Please do not feel like, you know, you haven't covered all the bases because I'm going to tell you, we can't cover everything, but what we can do with our children is lead by example. If you want your children to read the Bible, all you have to do is have them wake up to see you reading the Bible and you will be surprised that they'll start doing it as well. Everyone take care. God bless and find uh, this podcast in the show notes on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 262, Faith and Homeschooling. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.